right, what's good, people? Welcome to another edition of Politrick, only on the Got What You Need Network. Be sure to check out the other great broadcasts on this great network, Ian Friends, Life and Love, the Black Male Podcast, as well as the Encourage and Inspire Podcast. All right, let's talk about these midterm elections. Um, what we do know is that most of the polls were wrong. And that's not to say that um, people weren't upset about rising gas prices and food and things like that. But it said that they weren't naive enough to then just vote out the closest politician to them who had no idea um, how to change those things. And I want to applaud um, the American young people for turning out in such great numbers that it made all these pollsters, and that's not just the Quinnipiac, not just the, um, um, I guess, right-leaning um, pollsters, but your Nate Silvers and your 538, your Dave Wassermans, um, they were they were all wrong, like, and I mean incredibly wrong when they predicted um, this red wave coming. Um, the Democrats will retain the Senate, and um, the only thing that's in question is it will it be a 50 um, majority or a 51 um, majority with the Raphael War Reverend Ra Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. Um, special election still to decide the fate of Georgia, man. Um, <laughs> the fact, the fact that so many people voted for Herschel Walker in Georgia is just crazy to me. But um, we we spent enough time um, on him. I I, I want to um, I guess peel back some of the some of the I guess underlying stories within these races, and let's go to the Senate. Now, um, I, I talked about um, Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin. He lost to Senator Ron Johnson. And, and I bring up him to bring up um, this dynamic. Um, Adam Kinzinger, who's a Republican, but, you know, more a moderate Republican, said something that really bothered me. And he said, um, I think the Democrats lost a chance in Wisconsin um, with Ron Johnson if they had just ran a more centrist candidate. And I was like, until we talk about this underlying racism within the, within the Democratic Party, um, this country won't be able to move forward because we'll continue to have dynamics like this. Um, Senator Ron Johnson has proven that he's unfit for office. And um, Mandela Barnes was a, a fine candidate. He didn't have these radical left ideas that, that people always want to attribute to black candidates or whatever. Um, he was fine for the state of Wisconsin. And it was just the fact that um, not enough white people couldn't hold their nose and vote for the black guy. And because of that, you, you got seven more years, six, excuse me, six more years of this incompetent um, lying, and it's been proven lying, um, 
man as your U.S. senator. And, and, and you know, and that's just what it is. And I also want to talk about um, some of the posters when it comes to this same dynamic. There's a gentleman um, on, on Twitter, goes by the name of Christopher Boozy, and he was probably the only one that pre- early predicted that the House would remain in Democratic hands. Um, he was only wrong about two Senate races, and it's the uh, Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin and Tim Ryan in Ohio. Tim Ryan's problem is um, you can't come out like before you even won and appear to be another version of cinema or mansion because Democrats just like, eh, we not we not sending you to Washington to be one of them. And he came out like that um, during his campaign. And, and I think that that cost him. Like, you don't have to be this um, crazy, like, all the way to the left, you know, liberal as the media wants to frame it or what have you, man. But you can't be this Republican light either and think you're going to get enough Democratic votes to um, to send you to Washington. And I think that's just what um, the former congressman of Ohio found out when he tried to step up and, and run for Senate. Um, the House is still up in the air, but it is likely to um, go over to the Republicans. Um, most forecasts predict that it will be a 219 um, majority um, which is, I guess, one over the um, what they need, which is 218. Some even say as much as 220 or 221 um, for the GOP. And the House could have easily stayed in Democratic hands if it wasn't for all the funny business going on in the state of New York. Um, you know, there's gerrymander maps all over the country, and I'll definitely be talking about um, Georgia and, and Florida um, a, a little later in this broadcast, but I want to stay in New York and mainly um, Rockland, Westchester, um, and as well as um, up in the Hudson Valley, where, all right, New York was given a chance to redraw congressional maps. Now, of course, you want to make them to kind of favor your party, but you don't want to to speak out against gerrymandering and then gerrymander the maps in your favor so bad that the judge say, nah, never mind, I'm going to draw them up or whatever. And he made them pretty much competitive. But what also happened that hurt New Yorkers was Sean Patrick Maloney. Um, with the redrawn maps, um, it, it, I guess it forced Maloney and um, out of his district and into a district with Mondair Jones in the 17th. And instead of gracefully stepping aside, you know, becoming, you know, um, one of the people in the background in regards to the Democratic Party and just gracefully bow out and just help more Democrats get um, elected um, in the Hudson Valley in New York and upstate or whatever, he decided to force Mondaire Jones, who was the representative in the 17th district over to the 10th district, I believe. Um, Sean Patrick Maloney is the DCCC chairman. 
his whole job is to make sure that um, Dick Democratic um, congressmen and congresswomen get elected, and he couldn't even get himself reelected. Um, I think races up in that area also, where Democrats were affected, was affected by the crime going on in, in New York City. And look, we know that there's crime everywhere and, and, and things like that, but some of like the subway crime and subway crime in like main stations is different when it's, you know, uptown or, you know, <clears throat> maybe even like um, downtown before you get to World Trade or whatever. But when it's in like World Trade, Penn Station, um, Times Square, you know, these stations where there's usually like a heavy police presence or what, whatever, then that's that's going to scare a lot of independent voters. And regardless if, you know, the Hudson Valley is New York City, New York City basically controls everything other than extreme areas upstate, you know, you know, talking Buffalo, Rochester, and, and places like that or whatever, Niagara Falls or whatever. But any, any, play, any other place, like, the focus is always what's going on in New York City. And if the framing is that the Democrats are weak on crime, the bail reform um, that was voted in is what's driving this because most of the offenders are repeat offenders. And if they didn't have the elimination of the cash bail, these people would, uh, would still be in jail and the crime would go down. <sighs> Sounds good, <laughs> but that's not really um, um, how it goes down. And um, that's why Lee Zeldin um, lost the um, governor's race because you can't on one hand want guns in Times Square and then have your daughters on TV in a commercial talking about how bad crime, <laughs> crime is. It, like, it, it just don't work like that. And I'm glad uh, enough New Yorkers statewide um, saw through that. But once again, the Democrats in New York need to do some soul searching. Um, they need to really um, get their act together because um, they basically cost the Democrats the House just by losing races um, that people consider, you know, in the bag. I mean, we could talk about... Um, Tom, Mal Tom Malinowski versus um, Tom Kane Jr. in New Jersey as well. But that state, that state, that district is a swing district anyway. And I'm telling you, if Malinowski decided to run again in um, 2024, he'd probably edge out Tom Kane the way Tom Kane edged him out this time. Um, some districts are just what they are. Um, you know, you're going to find areas where you have enough Trumpers to, to overcome common sense. And, um, you know, that's just one of those areas where, you know, it's going to swing back and forth between the, the Trumpers and the common sense. So I don't think that, um, you know, Malinowski was a bad candidate. I think he, you know, he had done good for his district as a whole. But. You know, when you frame it, oh, the, the Democrats are just spending, they're driving up the prices. That's why the gas is so high. That's why, you know, food is so high. Uh, that's why I can't find a job. That's why my job don't pay me enough. Um, 
you know, all this kind of stuff, even though most of those things weren't his fault, it's easy to see why, um, you know, he was, he was voted out. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, all is not good in the world though, man. Um, and, and I, I want to point to a lot of local races. Um, and I'll talk about a place where I lived over 10 years, Lynchburg, Virginia, where, um, the Republicans, and I mean hardcore Republicans, are pretty much taking over the city council. Um, the the U.S. representative um, um, Good is is voted back into office or whatever. And, and, and what this means for um, the people of Lynchburg as well as surrounding um, Sixth District is, you know, lack on gun restrictions. Um, like rewriting of, um, you know, the history books, basically a whitewashing, you know, of the history books, um, just a overall, <laughs> um, just the education system and their board of education is, um, is elected. So, oh man, it's gonna, it's gonna be wild, um, in, in some places like that, um, with all the, you know, I guess, quote unquote, good news we say from, you know, a national perspective. I know there are people in Florida and in Texas, uh, or people from around the country looking at Florida and Texas and like, what's wrong with y'all? Look, when in Florida, let's start there. When you're allowed to basically draw the map that's used in the election that you're running in, and redraw districts to basically um, weaken the the black vote down in places like Miami-Dade and Broward. And <laughs> it's going to look like Florida has spoken for Governor Ron DeSantis when all he did was um, make the odds in his favor so much that he couldn't lose. And make it look like he kind of like um, without, um, I guess, with it, without like the the bullying of the local mayors like Chris Christie did in New Jersey, but took his model, you know, whereas Chris Christie bullied, you know, um, small town Democratic mayors into publicly supporting him, thus looking like, you know, he had this bipartisan support and he'd be good for the country. And, you know, and that's why he wanted to, you know, run for president. You know, later on, we found out that a lot of other mayors didn't want to, um, didn't want to endorse him, but were threatened with money being taken from, from their cities and money that they couldn't afford to lose. So they had to go along and get down with the get down. But in the case of DeSantis, man, like, it, it's just not that. And, and the same thing in, in, in Texas. And I, I tell people in Texas all the time when I see them, like, you know, oh, my God, you know, this Governor Abbott. Until you, the focus gets on the state legislatures to win those back or at least win them to where they're competitive. So that you can reopen um, polling locations, um, you can um, draw the maps to be 
um, more bipartisan and not the way that they are now. Um, I hate to say it, but like voting in, in Texas and Florida and statewide elections is going to be just futile for, for Democrats until something like that happens. Um, they've allowed Republicans to, to take it so far to where it is almost impossible. Like no matter how much you turn out to vote, let's say in Texas, no matter how much you turn out to vote in places like Houston, Harris County, um, I, I used to say Dallas and the Metroplex, but it's pretty much just Metro Dallas now that that's, um, you know, pro-Democrat. Um, um, everything outside of that, <laughs> Fort Worth, all of that is all, um, is, is all Republican control. So then you go down to Austin, you get that vote from UT, San Antonio. Um, listen, one more hotbed. But but then that's it. And then the rest of that countryside state is all ruby red. And with with the the gerrymandered districts in addition to the, the already crazy state dynamics or whatever. Oh, and there's another blue part of the state that's along the border. Um and that's crazy because, you know, they say, oh, the Dems are, are weak on, you know, border security. But it's crazy that the people who actually live there and have to deal with it every day um, voted heavily Democrat to keep their congressional representatives um, the same. And in, and in one case, vote out a, a, an incumbent who was big on what, um, you know, Governor Abbott was doing. Um, taking migrants from, um, you know, El Paso and other um, ports of entry and then busing them to, you know, northern states. Oh, now you deal with this or whatever, you know. It's all cap. It's all for show. And I just wish that um, even some independent and some sensible Republicans in Texas realized that, like, Governor Abbott had you freezing, um, through a, a, a snowstorm, you know, where the whole power grid had to be turned off because if it didn't, it, it, it would have just went, you know, because, you know, they want to have their own power grid. They don't want to be connected to the nation's power grid and, you know, the Lone Star State and blah, 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 and had um, the citizens of Texas freezing <laughs> for about two weeks. But if that's what you want, that's what you want. <sighs> Let's go to this polling. Now, like I said at the top of the show, um, the, the po- polls are, are always going to be hit or miss. But what bothered me in this case was how much the so-called experts didn't think that common sense would prevail and thought that the American voter was so mad at the Democrats and, and leadership, let's say, that they would just blindly vote for a Republican no matter what. Um, they hated Joe Biden so much that they would just 
you know, vote his party's representatives out in, in, in waves. And once again, like I said, it wasn't just your, your Quinnipiac polls. It, it was, um, you know, your 538s. It was your Dave Wasserman. And I, I bring this back up to just talk about how um, when Chris Boozy started um, predicting um, and correctly how the Senate would go, he started getting attacked, um, you know, um, because I guess um, he started to get noticed by, you know, some of the major networks who had him on. And they pointed to the fact that he was right and these other guys were wrong. And they took, you know, veiled little shots at him, at Chris, talking about how he didn't base um, his um, predictions on any data or anything like that or whatever. And, you know, and, and, and a shame that he had to go and correct them and say, you know, unlike y'all who were predicting, you know, um, elections weeks and weeks out when people haven't even made up their mind, a lot of cases and, and independent cases. He said that he, you know, wait for a lot of the vote to come in and then see how much of the vote was left in different areas. And from there, you can kind of draw where those votes would lean and then you can make an educated um, guess on how a bunch of races would go. And... um he was he was right and, and and not just kinda right, he was right in a major way. Um, but yet we still got to see David Wasserman on MSNBC, you know, talking about, you know, why we didn't see this red wave, but you know, there wasn't enough of, hey, the people that we were asking the questions to um maybe aren't enough. And maybe we need to expand our model. But no, like people and, and, and look, Dave is a good guy. Um he got he got one of his starts while he was a um um student at UVA. He um he did a lot of um door to door canvassing, you know, even in a lot of black neighborhoods um in central Virginia, you know, um like, you know, he, he he's no stranger to the, the lowest of the low job in, in, in regards to campaign. But my thing is, like, when you're when you're that wrong, like you, you don't get to just you shouldn't get to just come on TV and then talk about why certain races went a certain way when you didn't predict that based on your expertise, quote-unquote, from the start. And it wasn't enough of, hey, um, you know, we got this wrong. We thought that this was going to happen. We thought that that was going to happen or whatever. It was just, oh, you know, if you run a, a candidate like this in this area, you know, you're not going to win. But you, your model predicted those same candidates would win. And... And once again, just to go after the black guy, man, um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I hate just that, that underlying racism just within the party, um, like within progressives or, or, or what have you, man. Um, like, you know, whether he's, you know, coming 
to to be in your lane as a poster or not um attacking someone because they were right and 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 you were wrong and then um you not even talking about how wrong you were enough um just bothers me and I bring this up just to tell people listening man damn them polls you know talk to talk to your neighbors talk like um people listening who got kids in school talk to parents that you speak to you know like y'all y'all have the same issues how how are they thinking you know how are people within your city your district you know in like the same type of tax bracket that you are how how are they thinking or or what have you you know um when, when you think about polls right like how do they come? You know, they come like text message, calls or whatever. Who answers calls from unknown numbers? No one. You know, very few people have um, house phones or whatever. Um, even when, when those polls pop up on, on the web or on the Internet or, or whatever, you know, mo- most people skip them because they think they're spam. So um, it's just interesting to me how... Um, these so-called experts come up with these models that make these predictions. Like, and what I mean by that is, how is the the data gathered? How is the data gathered? You know, because how do you not predict a bunch of young people coming out? Um, I, I like I like I I saw that in, in a way where I was just like, man, you know, I like. You know, maybe I, I just don't know. You know, maybe people really just don't care. Uh, you know, maybe people are just that mad because that's all that we saw. But I also was like, man, there's a bunch of people that are gonna be voting for the first time, and for for from a female perspective at 18 to be told, based on what state you live in, you don't have, you don't even have control of your own body. Um, for a lot of them that, you know, unfortunately we call like the, like the school shooter generation, you know, to see that, you know, not only has any type of gun control been passed, but it's actually, um, been easier to obtain a firearm, you know, since something has happened in their particular, you know, area and sometimes their actual school. So... I I just couldn't see enough of them voting Republican that things would go down um, the way that many have predicted in the polls. But once again, you know, I, I'm no expert. I, I, I don't try to be one, man. Um, I, I just try to um, peel through the nonsense. And, and talk to people like me about you know all the crazy things that 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 go on in, in the in the world of politics. Um, you know sometimes I'm right, <clears throat> sometimes I'm wrong. Um, but when I when I'm wrong, I, I admit it, and I I I don't attack those that's right. <laughs> so we we can say that as well. Once again, um, the house is still up for grabs, but the way it looks. 
um, the three races that Democrats need, um, where the votes are, um, I guess, left to come in, it, it doesn't look good for them. But I will say, um, as of 24 hours ago, Christopher Boozy predicted that the Democrats will hold on to the House. So that's one more um, prediction where the um, um, Silver 538 and Wasserman side says um, GOP 220-221. Christopher Boozy says Dems 219. You need 218 for control. So we will see... um, you know, is this the end of um, Trumpism being that like almost all of the people that he um, endorsed and especially for governor and secretary of state laws? Or is this just a bump in the road? Um, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see, man. But um, once again, um, just stop paying attention to polls. Start talking to people like you. Um, even people like you in other parts of the country. Um, and I think that going forward, um, unless these um, so-called number crunchers and experts um, adjust the way that they gather um, information that is supposed to predict the pulse of the nation, then they will come out being historically wrong in the way that they were this election. Um, like I said, man, it, it, it warms my heart a little bit, man, that, you know, we had, um, sensibility when in some places, um, there's still a chance, man, that, um, Herschel Walker could be calling himself U.S. Senator from, from Georgia. And I, and I just find that criminally wrong, but <sighs> that's what happens, man. That's what happens, but we will see. Um, thank you for your time. And for those who went out and voted, for those who took other people to the poll, those who encouraged other people to vote, um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Till next time, I'm out. Peace.